and you lift it up. And God, we're here in this place to exalt you, God. For you are King of kings, you are Lord of lords. God, you are the great I am that I am. God, you are the rose of Sharon. God, you are the prince of peace. You are the lily of the valley. God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You're a provider, God. You're Jehovah Rapha. You're a healer. God, you're Jehovah Shema. God, you're here. We just give you glory in this place, God. Oh, God, you are the good shepherd. Oh, I thank you, God. And we just magnify you, God. We welcome your presence. We welcome your presence, God. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory, God. Hallelujah. God, we will wait on you. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for what you have already done in this place. Now, God, we're going forth, God, with the word, the word of life, the word of God. And we thank you, God, that people's hearts are open and receptive, God, to receive your word on today. God, we bind every hindering spirit that will come in to try to hinder us. God, we bind every mind-boggling spirit, God. God, I come against every tormenting spirit that's in the mind right now in the name of Jesus. And I loose that we have the mind of Christ. I bind the spirit of oppression and depression right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now that we are healed, that we are delivered, that we have already been set free. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Holy Spirit, do what you need to do as the word of God go forth. You have permission. And I thank you, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So, God, I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles to Matthew, the 8th chapter. Let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto the church. Matthew, the 8th chapter. Hallelujah. And this is a familiar passage, but I believe God has a word for his people. Matthew, the 8th chapter, beginning at... Verse 23, Matthew 8, verse 23, and the word of the Lord now reads, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep, and his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, Save us, we perish. I want to go back to verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples 
followed him. And I'm going to start there and end at verse 25. But the word of the Lord today is Jesus is your lifeline. Jesus is your lifeline. I had to go back over that um, verse 23 because it said, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. We all know that a disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ, is a learner of Jesus Christ. And the word that stuck out to me that when he entered the ship, the disciples followed him. That means that they were following their teacher. And the reason why they were following their teacher is because they believed in their teacher. They were taught by him. So anybody that you're trusting and anybody that you're taught by, you're going to follow them because you know they have what you need because they're your teacher. So they followed him into the ship. And when I look at that, if you're going to follow him into a place and something occur, why are you afraid? If you're going to follow Jesus, he's your teacher. You're up under his teaching. You're following him. So why should we be afraid if we're following Jesus? Come on, we can just stop right there and think about it. You're not going to follow a person you don't know. You're not going to follow a person that you know that will not lead you and guide you into a safe place. So they followed him into the boat. But I believe that all of us in this room that have accepted Jesus, we really did not know what we were really getting into when we accepted him, you know, it's good. You know, some people say I'm born again and I'm saved from hell, but we have to understand that when we accept him, we have to know whom we are accepting because when you accept Jesus, you're going to go through some trials. You're going to go through some tribulations. You're going to go through some times that you thought that you would never go through. Some people said it was better when I wasn't saved. Of course it was. The enemy already have you. So he ain't going to mess with you like he's messing with someone that's born again. So when we follow him, you can expect to have some things to occur in your life. Sometimes we may go a week. We may go two weeks. The money is all right. The body is all right. The children is all right. The job is all right. But all of a sudden something may hit and we feel like it ain't all right. But we got to remember who we're following. We got to remember we still got to hold on to the lifeline. And when we look at a lifeline, a lifeline is something or someone that we hold on to when we're in danger, when we need to be rescued. That's what a lifeline is. It remind me out in the ocean and someone that's about to drown. Sometimes they'll throw them out a lifeline and they'll tell them to grab hold to this. And, you know, I'll pull you to me or I'll pull you to shore. So it's up to them to grab hold. Y'all, I'm so excited because my baby's up here leaping because I want y'all to understand that without him, you're nothing. I'm nothing. And I don't think we would have really grabbed hold to that to know that if Jesus is our lifeline, he's the one that rescues us. He's the one that delivers. He's the one that heal. He's the one that have set us free. Who don't want to hold on to a man that has everything that we need? God is saying we can't let go of him. And some of us have let go of our lifeline because we have put other things before him. But these disciples, they followed him. And when they got into that boat and they were on the sea, 
I don't believe that they were expecting something like this to happen. I believe that when they own the sea, things do happen. But it said it was a tempest in the sea. A tempest is, it's, it's like an earthquake. It's like a commotion. It's just like something that was stirred up in the sea and it was shaking them. Just like an earthquake. So I, I know in our lives we have things that shake us. Things that we um, don't look to come at us, but it shake us. We may get a bad report in, um, on the job or with a doctor or c- coming from a lawyer, dealing with our children. Whatever it may be, it shakes us. And it's like an earthquake. So they were shaken by that tempest that was in the sea. And the first thing that they did, they went to Jesus. But the thing was, Jesus was asleep. And the reason why he was asleep, because he was at rest. But they woke him up and they asked him, they said, save us. Save me to rescue from danger. They said, save us or we die. So they woke Jesus up. And this is what he's saying to you today. You got to know that I'm your lifeline. You got to know that no matter what situation you get into, that I have already saved, that I have already delivered, that I have already set free. See, he's already done everything that he need to do, but we have to hold on to him in situations that we don't understand. And I'm reminded, it was a a man that a flood came. And when this flood came, he had to get on a roof. He was on the top of the roof and the waters was rising. But as he was on that roof, he began to pray to God and he said, God, help me. So God sent a rowboat to him. And when the rowboat came and they said, come on, you can get into the boat. He said, no. So then he began to say, Lord, save me. So the Lord sent a motorboat. When the motorboat came, he sent the motorboat away. Then he sent a helicopter to get the man. And the man still said no. So guess what? The man drowned. But when the man got to heaven and he was asking the father, he said, why didn't you save me? He said, I sent a rowboat, I sent a motorboat, and I sent a helicopter. And you would not accept none of them. He said, what else were you expecting? What am I saying to you? The day that we accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior or before, he sent people unto us. But sometimes we look for some things that are miraculous that I guess he was looking for God's hand just to pick him up and take him where he needed to take. But God used people, people. And we overlook that because we get so in pride. We want to see something that nobody never seen before. But God said, you ask for my help. And whichever way I send that help, it ain't up for you to determine that that's not me. Because God know where you are with him. God know where you are with him. But he is your lifeline. He's the one that you have to stay connected with. And what I see is God was showing me when I was studying one day. He began to tell me, he said, letting go, cutting the umbilical cord. When a woman, after she have a baby and that baby come out, that umbilical cord have to be cut. Because that baby have to live on its own now because that baby was attached to that mom for the nourishment and all of this. 
And what the Lord was showing me the day that we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when that a biblical cord is cut, that means that we are detaching ourselves from the world and we're depending on him as our Lord and as our Savior. We're saying now I have to depend on you. I can't depend on nobody else but you. So in this teaching, I want you to really open your hearts and understand that, first of all, in order for him to be your lifeline, you have to for real follow him. You have to be a disciple. You have to be a learner. I say, God, how are so many people so mixed up, toe up from the floor up? It's because people do not want to learn. They don't want to be taught. They think they know everything. They just so saved that they think they don't miss hell and they don't need the word of God. It's going to take the word in order for you to make it. If you are born again, you cannot live without the word. He said the spirit quickens, gives life. The flesh profit you nothing. He said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit And they are life. So that means that we have to have this spiritual food, y'all, being that we're born again in order to make it through these life-giving situations here on earth. You cannot make it without the word. The word is your lifeline. And when those disciples cried out, see, sometimes we do get in situations that we feel like we can handle, but there are situations that... We know we can't handle. So as they began to cry out to him, he saved them. He rescued them. But then he began to ask them, Why, where did you doubt? Where did you not believe me? Guess what? They were followers of Jesus. They saw the things that Jesus did when he come up on different situations. What make you think that this was not already taken care of? Then he began to take me. It was another passage of scripture and it's dealing with Peter in Matthew 14. Y'all may know this. Jesus told them to go to the other side. He said, I'm going to go send the multitude away, but you go ahead of me. I love this. Now, the first time he got in the boat with them, but the second time he said, you go ahead of me. I'm going to send the multitude away. He was wrapping up things with the multitude. Sometimes Jesus will send us ahead, but we have to know, even though he's sending us ahead, he's still with us. Amen. So he sent them ahead of him. And when he sent them ahead of him, it said that the wind was contrary, but they saw him walking on the sea, but they didn't recognize that it was Jesus. They became afraid. But then Jesus let them know, be not afraid. It is I. So Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. So Peter was trusting God himself. He wasn't looking at nobody but himself. What am I telling you? You got to look at you. You can't worry about what this one is doing or what that one ain't doing. You have to make sure that you have grabbed hold to that lifeline for yourself. And so he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Jesus said one word, come. So Peter took that one word that Jesus said, And he had to step out the boat, y'all, onto a sea that was raging where the wind was contrary, meaning that the wind was coming against them. And when he stepped out and as he was going to Jesus, he took his focus off of Jesus and he began to look at what was around him. He was letting go of the lifeline. 
And as Peter let go of that lifeline, because he paid more attention to his situation than he was paying attention to Jesus, he began to sink. But when he cried out, Lord, Lord means master. It means you're my owner. I belong to you, so you have to take care of me. And he said, Lord, save me, rescue me. And Jesus scratched forth his hand and he took Peter. And when they got into the boat, it was a calmness. But it said that wind was bolsterous, y'all. Can you imagine being on a sea and everything around you is just look like it's just coming at you. But when you call on Jesus, you got to know he's going to come to your rescue. This is why we have to be ready. How do we get ready? Through the word of God. It's more than just saying I do to him. You have to have fellowship. You have to develop your relationship with him. We got too many saved folk that don't know Jesus because they ain't spending enough time with Jesus. So when they get in trouble and they call on him, they don't believe that the lifeline is there. That's because they lost connection with him. It reminds me how when you're trying to tone into a certain radio station and have a lot of static and you keep turning the knob and turning the knob, trying to make sure you can hear what that radio station is saying. And and after many tries, you move to this location, you move to this location, you even move back this way and you go over here to the side, but you ain't giving up until you get a connection. What am I saying? When you get into this word of God, sometimes you don't understand what the word of God is saying saying but that don't mean you put it down that mean you pick it up even the more and you say holy spirit help me to understand this word you're my teacher you're my helper i need some illumination so i can get some revelation because if i don't get no illumination there ain't going to be no revelation and nothing is going to be revealed to me i don't want to just set it down today y'all i want to hear what the spirit has to say through the word because i know there's something in here for me because he's my lifeline and i need a connection because i've been disconnected so long lord i want this more than i want anything He has to hear your heart cry, meaning I'm going to let go of everything I done put before you because I'm following you. So I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to lay down everything. And see, that's how you hold on to your lifeline. You have to get into this word. You can't call everybody and and they talking the word to you. Yes, it feel good when the word is being spoken because the word gives you some life, y'all. But once after that conversation is over, if you don't go back into that word yourself, that fire hadn't even been lit yet. But when the fire get lit, there's a burning. There's a yearning on the inside of you. I don't know about you, but when my fire get lit, when I'm in this word and I'm studying to show myself approve a workman that need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. And when I'm getting illumination and I'm getting some revelation, I don't want to put it down. And once I look at the clock, I done been here for five hours, God, and I still want more of you. So I'm trying to let you know we have let go of the lifeline. How do I know? It's too much gossip in the church. It's too much offense in the church. See, when you hold on to the lifeline, you let go of offense and you grab hold of him. When you let go of the 
lifeline. You hold on to unforgiveness. But when you hold on to him, you forgive because you connected to him. When you let go of the lifeline, you hold on to sickness. But when you hold on to him, you are the healed of the Lord. When you let go of the lifeline, you get in lack. But when you hold on to him, you have more than enough. Y'all better hear me. You got to hold on to this lifeline. And when you hold on to the lifeline, you ain't holding on to no individual. Because you're saying he will never, ever leave me, nor shall he forsake me. You said you will be with me until the end. Though I feel lonely right now, it's because I let go. But when I get into the word and the word get into me, I'm not alone no more because his presence is right there. Look at your neighbor and say, have you let go of the lifeline? Say, what situation are you in right now that you feeding upon? Y'all, I'm telling you, when you feed upon this word, when you get into this word and this word get into you, Let me tell you something. Everything else doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, y'all, because the word is what gives you life. And I'm going to tell you something. The whole week was just so busy. It seemed like everything was coming up. This, this, this. You know, when you're a pastor, your job never stops. Everything around you seemed like, you know, it's God first. It's your family. It's the church. And, you know, on and on and on. So... I was telling my husband, I said, "Mm, I just feel like I just want me time. I just want some time that I can just sit here and not be bothered. So I got in this mode and my husband knew I was in that mode of just me time. And I was just, seemed like I was just wrapped by myself. But in my mind, I was just talking to God and I could just taste and see how good the word was. And y'all, even though I was in it five hours, it wasn't enough. Five hours just wasn't enough. I'm saying, God, I want more. I want more. I want more. I want more. I just, I just got to have more. And some people tell me, well, why are you in there five hours and you want more? Because when you taste in his goodness and how good he is, it takes you to another dimension and you don't want to come back to earth. You just like, I'm so satisfied with where I am. Just don't mess with me. So everything was going on this weekend and I was sitting there and I told my husband, it was just like, okay, what do you want your people to have? Lord, what do you want? And y'all, I drew a blank. Now, come on, being in the word that long. Do y'all know you can draw a blank apostle? It's just like nothing is coming. And I'm saying, wait a minute. Lord, there's something here, but nothing would just come. So finally, when I sat down, I believe it was about 10 o'clock last night. And I was sitting there. And y'all, as I was sitting there, all of a sudden I said, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. But you know what the people need. You already know what's in me. So I'm going to draw off. As soon as I said that, he said, Jesus is your lifeline. And I said, huh? And all of a sudden, y'all, a light come on. When the light come on, 
I could see nothing but scriptures going around me. So many scriptures, I'm like, oh. And I was feeling so good with Jesus is the lifeline. And he was giving me things dealing with the lifeline. He said, don't disconnect from the lifeline. See, you can have word in you, but you can disconnect from that word through worry, through being bothered, through this different situation, just thinking about stuff contrary to the word. It will disconnect you. And the more disconnected you are, the further away you are from the word, even though you have it. So he said, I want you to let him be your lifeline. So as he was taking me to the, through the scriptures, he let me know. He said, I'm the vine. You're the branch. He said, that vine, that branch have to depend on that vine. If that branch disconnect from that vine, it will die. We got people in the church dying spiritually. You're saved, but you're dying spiritually because you have disconnected from the vine. He said, if you abide in me, see, abide me, y'all, I got to remain there. I believe everybody in here got an address. And when people want to find you, they look up your address, whether it's the law, whether it's family, friends, your job, they Google you and they find an address and they come to your address. That's where you remain. That's where they can find you at. So he said, if you abide in me, meaning that I got to remain in him, I got to stay connected to him because without him, y'all, I am nothing. So he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, let's stop right there with that abiding in him. The day that we accepted Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. See, we could not be born again without accepting him as Lord and Savior. So when we accepted him, guess what, y'all? He said, now the Holy Spirit He's going to come in and clean you up because now that you accepted me, everything in the house that's in your spirit that ain't right, it got to be cleaned up before I can come and live there. So he made sure that the temple was clean. We're his temple. He came in there to make residence in there. That's, That's where he is permanently. So he said, if you abide in me, meaning that we're allowing him, to remain there. We're attached to him. We're born again. He said, but that ain't the end of it. See, just because I'm born again, y'all, my spirit is what got reborn. That's the part of me that's perfected. That's the part of me that the enemy can't touch. That's the part of me where Jesus, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit abide and remain. He said, but my words have to abide in you. Meaning this soul of mine, My mind, my will, and my emotion have to be renewed according to the word. See, this is why we have a Bible, y'all. You don't have a Bible just to say, this is my Bible. You have a Bible to start the renewing process. Meaning that even though my spirit changed, even though Jesus is right there, I have to be able to make a connection to who's there. 
I have to be able to connect to him. The word is already in me, but I have to connect with what's in me. So that means I have to renew my mind and those words have to always abide there. They have to remain there. So when I make a connection with the spirit, my body is only going to follow what I have renewed my mind to. And if you are not renewing your mind on a daily basis, according to his word, you ain't made no spiritual connection. And the enemy knows that if he can keep you distracted, if he can keep you worldly minded, which is carnally minded, meaning that that's death. He said, I want you to be spiritually minded so you can have life, so you can have peace. The enemy don't want you to have life and peace. That's why he disconnect you. See, he can't disconnect you from the spirit, which is the real you, but he can disconnect you in the soulish realm. So as long as he can keep you out of the word, you're not going to connect to your lifeline, so you're not getting what the lifeline has, and the body is decaying on a daily basis. The body is weak, but when I say you're not weak, you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might I'm connecting to the lifeline and the body gets strength through the lifeline because I renew my mind so if you ain't making no you can't tell me you're gonna pray for me when you ain't connected see how do I make a connection I'm in fellowship every day with him so if somebody walk up to me they don't have to ask me for this is what God is saying for you today You shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. How can I say that? I'm staying connected so when I'm out in public, I can look around and know what's disconnected. Look at your neighbor. So we're missing it. Say it's more than just coming to church. See, you're going to be a hearer, but after you hear, it's time for you to do. We got a lot of hearers in the room But the real hearers is the ones that's going to do what's heard. So we look at him as being our lifeline. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, remain in you. And this is what I I, I see in the spirit when they get remained. That means those words got to be rooted. They got to be grounded. The enemy comes and he snatches the word before you even get understanding. See, you got to have understanding of what you're reading in order for that word to be kept. See, the enemy comes in when the word, just like this word is being proclaimed to you, what do you want to do? He want to snatch it. How did he snatch it? Through sleep. How did he snatch it? Through your mind wandering, even in the midst of service. But when you say, Holy Spirit, help me to stay focused today because I can't do this myself. The Holy Spirit, he'll come in. Why is the Holy Spirit coming in? Because he have a connection with the word and God know the hearts of his people. He know the ones that want to connect. Some of us come to church and we're so disconnected because we're coming for the wrong reason. So he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask. Don't even get to the ask yet. See, some of y'all are asking But you ain't even abiding. There's two abides there. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, why did he say this twice? See, some of us want a quick fix. Well, God said, if I abide in him and his word abide in me, I can ask what I will and it shall be given unto me. It shall be done unto me. You don't miss the whole thing because you too, your heart has become too hardened. 
You become too sensitive to what the world is doing and you expect to get something from God. Yes, he's already provided it, but you ain't abiding in the vine. He said, without me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. What am I asking according to his word? And this is the confidence that I have in him. That whatsoever what I asked according to his will, he hears me. And if I know, there go the word, that he hears me, that you know you already have that petition. Some of us don't even know he hears us because we keep asking over and over and over again. Now it's okay to say, God, that's your word and your word is true. And I believe I'm sanctified. I'm set apart because of your word. I'm not asking you again because I doubt you. God, I'm coming before you because I don't want to miss nothing. Meaning that, God, this is what your word says. But, God, is there something else that I'm missing that you're giving me through the word that I want to be right that ain't right? So we got to abide in him, y'all. I mean, y'all really abide in him. Right now, I'm I'm feeling a pull in the room because some people say they're abiding in him, but I beg you to differ. Because when things happen in your life, who you run to? What do you run towards? Is he the first one that you talk to? Is he the first one that you call on when your money kind of funny or you already got somebody you can get a loan from? See, even though you come up with whomever or whatever you can go to to get it, you still got to seek him and say, Lord, this is what I feel is right. But what do you say is right? See, I'm still holding on to the lifeline. I ain't let him go yet. And I'm going to be still and I'm going to know that he's God because I don't want to trip up based on how I feel. I want to know this is what he's telling me to do because the moment I let go of him, I'm trusting in that more than I'm trusting in him. That's why he said you got to seek him with your whole heart. And if you seek me early, you can find me. See, some of us wait to seek him. But every day we should be seeking him. We should get to know him better and better. Lord, I knew you yesterday, but I want to know you better today. Lord, I heard what you said yesterday, but I want to hear you more clearly today. And the only way I can do it is to get into the word, not just get into the word because I'm afraid, but I'm getting into the word to get to know you even the more in every given situation. Y'all, we're supposed to be well-rounded in the word. Just because your body is feeling good don't mean you just get prosperity scriptures. You want to be so well-rounded so no matter what pops up, you have the word to put on it. You know, it say put, put a praise on it, but you got to put the word on it too. I can praise him, but I have to give him that praise through his word. That's why we have Psalms, y'all. Psalms was a book of praise, but it was the word of God that was doing the praising, was it not? So then God began to show me this, y'all. We see that Jesus is the lifeline and we have to hold on to who? We have to hold on to Jesus. He's the one that saves us, right? How many know that Jesus saved you? You didn't save yourself. Come on, how many really know that Jesus saved you? How many really know that Jesus died for you? How many really know that you didn't have to do nothing but accept what he's done? Come on, how many really know that? How many really know that he shed his blood, you didn't shed yours? 
How many know that through his blood, you have redemption through his blood. You have reconciliation through his blood. You have sanctification through his blood. You have justification, meaning that I was acquitted. I was set apart. I was made holy. I have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible say, let the redeemed say so. Do everybody believe that today that Jesus saved you and you didn't save yourself? Do we believe it? Really? Really? But why when something come up in your life, you forgetting who saved you? Even when you were in a mess, even when you were doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing, he laid down his life for you. He was the lifeline. Now, after he laid down his life, he had to rise again. He rose. If he did not um, rise, we wouldn't have justification. We wouldn't have sanctification. We wouldn't have reconciliation. We couldn't even say, let the redeemed say so. If he hasn't, he didn't rise, right? So being that he is risen, y'all, and we know all that he has done, then why do we let go of him if he saved you even when you wasn't worth saving? Why we let go of the lifeline? Because there's still some doubt there. There's still some unbelief there. There's still some lack of trust that we're not believing what he said. Come on, we all get like that. Come on, when things hit us, come on, darling, don't you wonder sometimes? Don't you ask him? God, where are you? God, I don't feel you right now. God, I don't hear nothing right now. God, what are you doing in this situation? Come on, haven't we all been there? How when we just laid in it sometime and just saying, I ain't going to move. But yet and still, we're crying out on the inside. But then God began to take me somewhere. Did everybody agree that Jesus is your lifeline? Did everybody agree that he is your lifeline? So we know that he's our lifeline. He's the one that saved us. Do y'all know anybody who laid down their life for you? And they hadn't done anything that has to, that have to be loved, right? Who would do that, y'all? Let's just be honest. I don't think it's a person in this room, if a gunman come in this room today, that they're going to stand up here to this altar and do like this right here and say, run, apostle, run. Everybody going to look wherever they can go to try to get out of this building, right? Because you know what people say? I ain't ready to die. I ain't live my life. Jesus gave up his life. He laid it down on his own. Nobody had to make him do it. Y'all, until we get to that place, then we're holding on to the lifeline. Meaning that nobody should have to tell me to lay down this or to lay down that because I'm so connected to him. Even when I mess up, I'm ready to lay it down. Nobody have to tell you what to do when you connect it, truly connect it to the lifeline. That's your source. So we say that we're connecting and the Lord began to show me this about that lifeline. He took me to John 1 and we hear John 1 so much, but I couldn't leave off of John 1. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. So I stopped right there. I said, okay, God, you said in the beginning was the word. He said, well, What I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit was telling me, he said, in the beginning was the word. The word was there before creation. 
That means the word was not created. The word is Jesus. It was there before anything was made. Go read Proverbs the 8th chapter. And when you begin to read that, he said, before anything come forth, I was there. He said, before anything was made, I was there. So he is the word. So this is how the Lord had me to look at it. He said, if I was there, let me read this, this third verse. It says, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. I want y'all to catch it. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. I got to do it again. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. A light bulb going to come on in a minute. All things, Jesus, was made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Come on, y'all. That's telling me that everything was made, was made by him. And without him, nothing was made. So I'm going to ask you a question. If he made all things, which is the word, why are you letting go of the one that made everything? Oh, my goodness. Y'all ain't getting it. You ain't getting it. We let go of Jesus because somebody hurt us, but he made all things. Nothing would be made if it wasn't for. Why wouldn't you want to get in the word? Shirley, why wouldn't you want to stay in the word if the word made? Let me give you an example. Come here, darling. Y'all see, darling? She's here because of the word. She wouldn't be here if it wasn't the word. The Bible say all things were made by him. Meaning that, darling, you're here because of the word. Not because of your mom and daddy. Now it took them, but he had to create male and female to get her here. Right? The word did that. No doctor, no scientist. The word did that. And guess what? Being that the word made her, the word is what's going to uphold you, baby. The word is what's going to keep you. So when something go wrong with Darlene, guess what? Man may give her something to subside what's going on, but man didn't create you, so they can't put it like it should be. So you got to take the word and say, body, This is your medicine. And I command you to line up with the word. Now body, hear the word of the Lord. By Jesus Christ, you were already healed. Pain, leave my body. Discomfort, leave my body. Body, you were created. By the word. So you act upon. The word of God. Now he sent his word. And he's already healed you. So you be healed. In the name of Jesus. Come on y'all. So we missing it. We missing it. We missing it. We're waiting on somebody else to do 
Let me read it again. I want y'all to catch hold of this. Catch hold, catch hold. Got another verse for you. Go with me to Colossians. Come on, let's go to Colossians. Y'all, it takes the word, it takes the word. Listen to Colossians 1, 16. For by him were all things created. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for all. What did I tell? Let's do it again. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth. Y'all get it? Heaven, earth, visible and invisible. Everything that you see, he created. Everything that's unseen, oh, uh, no, he didn't. And then it says, whether there be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. Listen at this verse. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist, meaning they are held Ask your neighbor, what have you been doing with the word? If he made all things, don't he know how they're supposed to function, apostle? And if they're not functioning the way they should be functioning, put the word on it. Put the word on it. You te- this is why y'all... How many really read their Bible? How many really, 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 really read it? Because when you're really, really, really reading it, you're walking with Jesus. Come here, Michelle. When you walk with Jesus, you begin to talk like Jesus. See, when I'm in the word, I'm allowing the word to get in me. So see, when I'm in the word... And illumination come from a passage. He's talking to me. So that means it ain't no longer written to me. It's being spoken to me. That means I'm getting some rhema from that word. That means that God is speaking to me. So if he's speaking to me, I'm saying, yes, Lord, your servant hears because that's a message that you're giving to me, right? So when I go into the word and I see everything that the word done, the word healed, the word delivered, the word set the captives free, the word even opened up blind eyes. Because when the two men that was blind saying, have mercy, who? And they were telling them to be quiet, but they knew, Michelle, that the word had what they needed. So the only thing they was waiting for, guess what they were waiting for? For the word to speak, Kathy. They were waiting on the word to say something. Y'all don't get it? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was what? Empty. It was void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was brooding upon the face of the water. The spirit was waiting to do something. Say he's moving in my direction. And God says, see, he was speaking the word. And God said, the Holy Spirit said, okay, the word is moving. The word is being spoken. And God said, let there be light. The Holy Spirit said, light be. 
the power was released through the Holy Spirit. So when they were saying, have mercy on us, what was Jesus saying? What would you have for me to do? And he said, according to your faith, guess what? You have faith because you connected to him. He gave you his faith to believe in his promises, to believe in his word. So as you stay connected to him, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. So what am I saying? You cannot walk with Jesus and talk with Jesus and not have what he have. There's no way you can go into the word and come out same. Because once you enter that word, come on, there's a connection that's going to be made. That's why you can't have all these distractions around you. This is why you got to set some time aside to really get into the word so the word can get into you. And when you begin to walk with Jesus, you see yourself healed. You see the lady with the issue of blood. You see the lady tap in and touch the hem of his garment. You see the virtue coming from him, coming to you. And you're saying, I am the healed. Say he's moving in your direction. Oh, yes, he's moving in your direction. Got something for you, Michelle. Honey, hand me my Bible. Y'all got to catch it. Because guess what? It's healing in the room. And it got your name on it. Turn turn for me. I ain't going to let go of her hand. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Say, he's moving in my direction. Say, he's moving. Oh, he's here. He's here. He's here. He commanded and it stood fast. See, when God commands a thing, it is the word speaking to that thing. So, Michelle, God is speaking to you, baby. And guess what? Asthma dries up at the root. In Jesus' name, lungs function the way God has created them to function. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God, that healing has already manifested itself. In her body right now. In Jesus name. God we call her body whole. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) Thank you father. That is already done. In Jesus name. Michelle say he's already moved. In my direction. And right now he's tearing down walls in Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now that you have already perfected those things concerning Michelle Savoy in Jesus' name. Now, turn around just one good time. Say, thank you, Lord, that you already moved in my direction 
Come on, tell your neighbor, say, he's moving in my direction. Say, he's moving in my direction. Y'all ready for some more? Let me tell you something else, y'all. Do we get it? Do we get it or we got it? Do we get it or we got it? Oh, isn't God good? He's good. I want to show you something in his word. He's always showing. He's always moving. There's a verse. I want y'all to see where creation with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is working together. Psalms 33. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Do y'all know what that's going on there? When the word of God is spoken, it takes breath. The breath is the spirit. So when you speak in the word of God, the Holy Spirit and the word are acting upon what's spoken. So tell me why you wouldn't want to speak the word of life over a situation. Because when you get the seed implanted in you, which is the word, which should be rooted and grounded. When that word begin to come out of you, it's a breath that's bringing the power for that word to manifest. The breath is the Holy Spirit. So God made everything. Jesus, the word. Everything was made by him so you tell me why apostle would we want not to stay in the word that's your lifeline so tell me why you get in everything else except this word because evidently we don't know what we have it's gonna come a day when we can't even use these bibles that word have to be so much a part of you without looking in this Bible. Let me tell you what I have learned. Don't get me wrong. iPads, phones, they are good, right? Very good. But I'd rather have this Bible in my hand that I can flip, that I can grip, that I can mark up and go back to then have electronic device where when it shut down, I don't remember where I was. See, the enemy used electronics to take you out of here. Some people say, well, I'm in there through electronics. Yeah, y'all, I will go on the computer and I will look up scripture, but this right here is what I hold on to. This right here is what I carry to make sure, oh, God, I understand that passage. Write in it, highlight it. Do what I need to do. See, the enemy is trying to turn us away from this word to other things. This is why we have to be so careful with what we pick up. If I pick up this Bible on a daily basis, I'm making it a part of me. If I pick up Facebook on a daily basis, I'm making it a part of me. People get so tired of me talking about Facebook, but Facebook is the devil. It's just saying to say the devil. That's what it is. See, some sites, ministry sites, you see nothing but word. No in-between, no pictures, just what God is saying. You go on some Christian sites, you get a laugh every now and then. You get a pose every now and then. 
You get something that they're doing every now and then. Look at your neighbor say, it ain't about you. It's supposed to be about Jesus. Say, where is Jesus? Where is the lifeline? If you're not holding on to him on Facebook, how do you expect somebody? Oh, mm, oh, he just gave me something. Mitchell, come here for a minute. I want you to stand here. Stand right there. Raheem, come up here. I want you to stand right there. Michelle, come up here. God is so good. I want you to stand right there. Let me show what the Lord just showed me. Remember how I said we got to hold on to him all the time, and we're talking about Facebook, right? Mitchell posted a word on Facebook. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In between the word, did you see that car? Look at this car. Look what this car do. And then, strike a pose. (laughs) Then he'll come back down here. Get right here, baby. He is my provider. Jennifer, stand right. Toya, stand right here for me, baby. No, 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 not you. Come here, James. Do this. I lost some weight. (laughs) Who gonna remember? Because you got in betweens. You ain't holding on to the the lifeline supposed to scratch. And it ain't about you. Y'all got some in-betweens trying to fake it to make it. Every now and then, I'll put him in. Y'all disconnected. Scrack a pose. Lost some weight. What the words say? He is my provider. See how still that word is? Red up. You the motor. <laughs> and? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See how he's standing there? The Lord is my shepherd. That should be moving more than anything else. God don't want to be an in-between. If he's going to be your lifeline, he want to be all the way through. You know what's wrong? We got rejection in here. See me, hear me, be attached to me. I know I look good, scrack of bowls. All the time, scrack of bowls. Somebody just changed their profile. Change the profile. Somebody just changed their profile. Come on, come on, come on. If he's going to be who he is in your life, there should be no in-between. And if they come up with something that's free, you should use it for Jesus. It ain't about you. It ain't 
ain't about what happened last night or where I've been. If somebody wants to come kill you, they know your location. Come on, people. But this is what everything that people have, they show people what they're having. Who cares? Phyllis, who actually care? Nobody, for real. They make you feel like they care. But for real, they're living their life just like you live in yours. They do not care. But can somebody really, really, truly tell me what is your purpose for being on Facebook? Come on, come on. Remember, face, book, that's your lifeline. It shows your face and your book of life. Why do y'all think he come up with that name? Face, book. Let's talk about Instagram. Ain't that news? Everybody's somewhere doing something. Why is God bringing this in the house? Why did he keep bringing this in the house? Because you're spending more time with the world than you're spending with the lifeline. Then when you get in trouble, you expect to instantly connect and it don't work like that. You're so far away. Look at all these in-betweens Mitch got to deal with before he can go back to the Lord as my shepherd. He done got the car up in here. He done got the poles up in here. Then he threw another scripture up in here and ain't even got revelation on that one. And now he's saying, how you like me now? (laughs) Do you think he going to connect that quick? No, because he disconnected. And then you know what people want to do? They want to use you and abuse you. Because they disconnected. They want to throw all their mess on you. Because they left where they're supposed to be. Can't hear God clearly no more. Because they got all this in the way. Now they want you, pray for me. I don't know if I'm going or coming. I don't know if he hear me or not. You know why? Because you disconnected. Thank you all. Look at God. Look at what God is doing. It don't have to necessarily be Facebook. It can be a husband. It can be a wife. It could be children. It could be a job. Whatever we're connecting to more than we're connecting to the life source. Guess what, y'all? That's what we're going to get. He wants total connection. And yes, it is possible. How do I know? Because the more you connect to him and turn your face from everything else, you will hear him in the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Y'all, if you want the mind of Christ, you got to go into the word of God and connect to the mind of Christ, which you already have in the spirit. Everything you have is in you, but you got to make a connection to it. Through the word of God. I'm going to leave this right here. Go with me to Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. It says. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. And set me down in the midst of a valley. Which was full of bones. (laughs) Come on for real. You're going to take, but he had to take him in the spirit to go into the valley of dry bones, y'all. You got to be in the spirit when you're going through situations. 
He said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he took me in the valley of dry bones. Why? Because he was in the spirit. He was in the spirit. And listen what God said. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. Y'all know where I'm going. Some dry bones in the church. But they ain't going to be dry no more. Dry bones. He said he had him to, to do what with those bones? To pass by them round about. Wow. He happened to make sure he saw them bones, wasn't he? And then he went on to say, and he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, thou know. I would answer the same thing. God, you already know. Then he said, again, he said unto me, prophesy. Woo. Upon these bones. And say unto them, oh, ye dry bones. Okay. Hear the word of the Lord. I want to ask y'all something in this house today. I'm going to do it a little at a time. How many in this place feel like you amongst dry bones? Come on. Come up here. Come up here. The ones that feel like dry bone can be any area in your life. Y'all don't you play with me. We got some dry bones up in here. Come on. This is what I want you to do. You a believer. You can do it yourself. Do you believe that God is who he say he is? Now, once I say this, you got to do something. Okay? Guess what? We're in the spirit on the Lord's day. How do I know? Because you don't got the word. Is that not right? And still getting it. Listen at this. Prophesy upon these dry bones. This is what I'm commanding you. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, whatever's in your life, I want you to prophesy unto it. And I want you to say, hear the word of God. Y'all ready? Prophesy unto your situation right now and tell it to hear the word of the Lord. Go. Y'all talk to it. Tell it. You got to speak the word of God over that thing, right? Over them dry bones. This is the next verse. Listen at this. Thus says the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath, y'all know what that breath is, to enter into you and you shall do what? Live. And I will lay sinews upon you and bring up the flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So guess what he did? Y'all got to get ready for this. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied. There was a noise and behold, a shaking and the bone came together bone to his bone. Y'all better hear the, come on, prophesy, prophesy unto your situation. Tell that situation what the word of God is saying unto it today. And there's going to be a shaking and that situation is going to come together like the word wanted to come
When you speak the word, the Holy Spirit is the breath. He releases the power upon that word. So when you say body, be healed. You prophesying, Jennifer, to that body and you telling that body what you want it to do. And guess what? You giving it the word of God. Body, be healed. By Jesus Christ, you were already healed. That's what you do. That's what you do. And guess what? You speak to the part of that body that ain't doing what it's supposed to do. And guess what? It got to do it according to the word of God because he created that body. So you say, body, you're going to live and not die. You're going to declare the works of the Lord. We say sinus infections. You go in the name of Jesus. Allergies go in the name of Jesus. You don't have no right in this temple. This temple belongs to God in Jesus' name. I am the healed of the Lord. Not going to be, but I'm already the healed of the Lord. Head pressure go in the name of Jesus. Dizziness go in the name of Jesus. Back problems, knee problems go in the name of Jesus. Every sickness and disease. Go in the name of Jesus. And every lying symptom, go in Jesus' name. Now, guess what you do? Say, I am healed. Made whole in Jesus' name. Remember, it says that every bone came together. Look at God. Now, ones in financial situations. Y'all still up here? (laughs) Any more financial situations? Come on up to the altar. Financial situations, let's speak to them in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's prophesy to them in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to prophesy. Come on, begin to prophesy. Begin to speak. Money cometh in the name of Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack, I shall not want. God has made all grace abound towards me, that I always have all sufficiency in all things to abound to every good work. I give and it shall be given unto me. Good measures pressed down, running over, shall men give unto my bosom. Come on, speak the word. I have abundance and no lack in Jesus' name. Come on, speak to your situation. Speak to your situation. Money coming to my house in Jesus' name. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am a lender and not a borrower in Jesus' name. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the fruit of my womb. Everything my hands touch is blessed. The favor of the Lord surrounds me like a shield on today. There's always provision in my house. Come on. He gives you power to get well. Come on. Speak the word. Speak the word. Come on. Those bones are rising up into a great army. Come on. Glory God. Hallelujah. God has supplied all 
his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Everything the enemy has stole from me, he gives it back sevenfold in Jesus' name. Come on, speak the word, speak the word. Prophesy. Hallelujah. Isn't God a good God? All the time. Y'all, we have it right here in the Bible. This is your lifeline. This is how you make connection. Y'all, every day we need to connect. So, whatever you connect it to, guess what God getting ready to do? If you want him to. He getting ready to cut them a biblical course. Are you ready for them to be cut? Come on, God is coming around the room. He's cutting the biblical course. He's cutting them. He's cutting them. Come on, if you want them cut, he's cutting them. He's cutting them. He's cutting them. You got to let go and you got to let God. Everything you connected to that's not God, say, God, cut it. Say, God, cut it. Where it withers up and die. Come on and give God glory. Hallelujah. Jesus is your lifeline. Hallelujah. Come on, we give God glory. Hallelujah. It's already a done deal. Hallelujah. God is so good. He is our lifeline, y'all. And we're going to have to stay connected to the lifeline. And I want to say this in closing. Rico back there, she disconnected last Sunday. And look at her this Sunday. Trusting God. Trusting God. And guess what? Her strength wasn't coming from her. It was coming from God. So anything that God tells you to do, he's going to give you the strength to do it. He's going to empower you to do it. You're not the one that's doing it. It is his strength that's made perfect in weakness. Amen. So she trusted God. And that's how you operate in faith, y'all. And I'm going to give you a nugget. Faith, we know, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen, right? This is why God has given us his faith. To act upon his word. This is why we have the fruit of the spirit. And faith is part of that fruit. So when we go into the word of God. It's a faith come by hearing. And hearing come by the word. So I'm in the word. Getting what I need from the word. And the faith that I need is coming. From God through this word. But this is what happens y'all. We got the gifts of the spirit right. I want you to understand how the gifts operate. There is a what? Gift of faith, right? That gift of faith will put you in a place that no matter how difficult it is, you feel like there's nothing impossible for God. God have people operating in that. It may not show up in your life at the time, even though you have the gifts of the spirit, but you already have faith. So if you believe in God, and you standing on his word, then guess what? That mountain is going to move. But God may send the gift of faith in somebody's life that might be on their dying bed. And the gift of faith is stirred up with a person with AIDS. 
And God send you in there with the person with AIDS and you tell that person, rise up off your bed of affliction. God has come in the midst of you to heal you because a miracle is in the midst. Those are the gifts of the spirit because this man don't have time to believe like you do. That's how the gifts of the spirit work. But you have to get into this word and walk by faith and not by sight. Now, if God needs to stir up one of these gifts in you, he will stir it up as he will. See, people want a quick fix. They want the gifts to always be stirred up. But God said, if you cannot believe me, you're getting a quick fix and you're going to go right back in the state that you are. So we have to know the difference, y'all. Get into the word now and quit waiting for a quick fix. See, some of us right now say, I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting. But God haven't expected time. Because God know where you are. He know what you believe. He don't want you to be a windshield wiper. He wants you to be steady even in the midst of your opposition. Some of us are saying, why haven't I been healed? You already the healed of the Lord. You can't go on how you feel to know that you're healed. You have to say, God, outside of how I feel, the word is what's keeping me today. The word is what's giving me strength today. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Everything the enemy meant for my harm, God has turned it around and he's made it for my good. You have to prophesy. Through the word, the word, it it tells you. But what we do, we wait on somebody to do it for us. Like Jennifer back there, she held on to the word. Outside of her body doing flips. Come here, Jennifer. Outside of her body acting up. Outside of the lies of the enemy, she held on to the lifeline and I do believe even in your situation, baby, things was just put before your eyes, trying to make you feel you're going to be like this because you saw somebody looking like that. And the enemy wanted you to look good at them instead of holding on to him when he told you to come. See, that word come mean it had life in it. So when you grabbed whole baby to the lifeline, you said, I'm holding on to this more than I'm holding on to what I see. And by you every day saying, body, you are the healed of the Lord. Body, you are pain free. Body, every line symptom of multiple cirrhosis, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You have the blood of the lamb in you and that's pure blood. That's healing blood. That's sanctified blood. That's redemption blood. So I know that I know that I know that I have already been redeemed. I have been set free in Jesus name. And God, I thank you that you're making every crooked place straight in Jesus name. I thank you that she's pain free right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you and we praise you for your redemption power. Let me tell you how bodies react through the word. Through the word because it was created by the word. So every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against you has been broken in Jesus name strengthen her right now in the name of Jesus let the weak say they're strong you're strong
in him and in the power of his might today. Thank you that you've given our hinds feet to leap over every given situation in Jesus' name. Every lying spirit, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for your creative power through the word of God. Let there be, and there was healing in the midst, peace in the midst, joy in the midst. We give you glory. I hear you say, God, without you, I could do nothing. God, I'm dependent on you to carry me today. I'm dependent on you to keep me today. God, you've done it before and you're doing it right now. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you. In Jesus' name. Healing is the children's bread. You already the healed. Not going to be, but already the healed. I speak to your digestive system. And I command it to be whole in the name of Jesus. I command every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, and every vital sign. Oh, woo, thank you, Jesus. Woo. Thank you, Lord, in your body right now to function the way God has created them to function. In Jesus' name, done. God, we thank you and we praise you right now. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Just one touch. Hallelujah. Just one touch. Hallelujah. He touched me. And oh, the joy, it floods my soul. Something happened. And now I know he touched me. He's made you whole, baby, inside and out. The joy of the Lord today is your strength. Every attack that the enemy has sent out against you has been broken. Right now, in Jesus' name. God, we thank you right now. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise that you have come to heal the brokenhearted. You have come to bind up all of their wounds. God, hold her. Caressed her, God. Let her know, God, that she belonged to you. And because the world hated you, they're going to hate on her. But, God, she's going to stand. Doing all, God. She's going to stand and she's going to continue to give you glory. She's going to continue to give you honor. And she's going to continue to give you praise. Because you El Shaddai, you the almighty God. And we thank you. One moment. And we praise you right in now. your presence. In Jesus' name. Oh. Come on and give him glory. One give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. Come on. God is good, isn't he? 
God is good. Come on, sometimes we have to let go and 